This is the Championship Clubs Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Great. It's, uh, it's been a little while, as it seems to be often these days, um, but we're back. The world of Champ Rugby continues uh, to turn, albeit in the off-season. And uh, as is topical at the moment, um, a lot of player movements, comings and goings, and uh, who's in, who's out, squads looking to take shape um, for next season. Uh, and it's prompted a few interesting questions later on the podcast. It'll be very exciting to hear your conversation with uh, former player Leon Lloyd and what he's doing about helping ex-pros sort of transition into the working world from uh, from the pro game. Um, but before that, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about the sort of uh, player movements uh, in the champ. And I guess in the Prem as well, um, some high profile uh, members of the game have been tweeting recently. I think Kyle Sinclair put something out last week to say that there's something like nearly 100 Premiership players without a club for the 22-23 season um, and not down to finances. Sorry, all down to finances rather than down to ability. Um, I, I, I guess this is probably, as two people that have been around the champ a long time, not something that's particularly new. Um how do you see it this year? Is it different to what we've seen in the past? Has the funding exacerbated an issue that was already there? Or do you just think that now the whole game's maybe in a bit of a, a trickier financial situation and the, the sort of the more prominent voices are becoming um, familiar with the situation that, that, that an issue that's been present in the Championship for a while is is just getting a little bit more noise about it now? Yeah, I think I think you make a good point there. And it's it's always been a, the way in the Championship. Um not much has changed. There's always a lot of movement. There's always a lot of players that transition out of the game through good contracts or, you know, good clubs allowing them to do so. Now, with what's happened with the Carl Sinclair tweet, and there was 100-plus players from the Premiership without contracts now, it brings it to the forefront forefront of everyone's minds, doesn't it? Um, and at the top of the game, if it's affecting the top of the game, it gets a bit more noise in the press and, like you say, from the big players around it. Um, and it's... It's, it is different at the. It does feel different to me, Mike, at the minute. It does feel like it's a really, really tricky time as a rugby player. Um, that's where they, especially for a champ player, I think. But I think I was looking at my career and you know I always asked aspirations to to play in the prem and I didn't spend the majority of it in the champ. And my first playing contract was four hundred pounds a month with a car and it's a bit of digs and I was happy as a pig and shit doing that. Um, and it seems we've gone through a period where contracts were were not the 400 pounds a month and they were you know they were substantial amounts of money up to 30k at most clubs you know in a full-time gig um and now obviously we're all aware of the funding those it seems to have gone back a quite a quite a bit to when i first started and that's that's 20 years ago and those sorts of contracts are being knocked around now with that does offer up an opportunity to you know further yourself away from the game and transition into a decent role. Um, and it, you still have the carrot of potentially, like we see with time after time after time, with championship players going into premiership contracts, it's still a, it's still a you know, viable route for players and it's still still achievable. So it's, but it just does feel a bit different at the minute. And I think it's probably because of the noise around it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you make a good point. And, you know, once again, we are seeing loads of boys getting snapped up by Prem teams. And I guess the economy of the game probably could be conducive to more players making a step up. You know, it's a lot easier to pull someone out of the championship than it is to 
oh, sorry, it's a lot cheaper to pull someone out of the championship than it is to go, you know, bring in some worldy South African or South Sea Islander at the moment. I know, I mean, I'm going to put myself on the spot here. I know from Doncaster, obviously, we've seen Sam Graham gone to Saints. Josh Peters has gone to Newcastle. Guido Volpe. Um, he's actually on to Zebra and then there's other sort of I've seen quite a lot of other around the game I think Josh Caulfield's made the step up Jamie Jack Robbie Smith Alfie Petch obviously you know Rich Lane um, James Williams so there are there's you know and it, it seems every time you go into Twitter there are there are more more people from the champ that are making that Prem step up but I guess what we're seeing less of now or I can certainly remember for a long time you used to get players come back the other way you know what I mean you get players sort of towards you know, okay, maybe not your ex-England internationals with a couple of hundred games, but a lot of players that have been sort of your, your your squad players would maybe get a bit of it. They'd probably have this transition back out the other way and maybe spend the twilight back down in the champ. But now that the the finance and the champ to bring these players back is probably so unappetising, that doesn't seem to be happening as much anymore. No, and mate, you bang on. That, that's that's the route I did. Yeah, I spent I only had a, four, nearly two years in in the in the prem. But I, I was 30, 31, 32, and Bedford offered me a bloody good contract, close to 30K. Um, with, and then I managed, they did, at the time, there wasn't a link with, with a school, but a player, Phil, Bolts, Phil Bolton at, the, at Bedford, hooked me up with a school and went to the interview, did well, got, got a job. And then you, you're, in a, you're in a gig where you're, you're earning over 50 grand a year. Um, now that's... Those opportunities aren't there so much now, are they? That's that's the that's the problem, and you don't see the the thirty year olds like myself that can drop back into the into the champ with a good bit of good chunk of money from a rugby club and an ability then to go and work and you know further yourself into the rest of your life. So, but saying that, it's, the opportunity is still there to do that. It's just it's just like I think clubs have got to start, and they are starting to think outside the box around like how to attract players to to their club. Yes, the, the, the rugby money is not going to be huge, but, you know, there's an opportunity here with a local business and that's that's where they've got to be got to be cute and smart to attract the older players coming down from the Prem. My worry with that, it becomes very London-centric. Yeah. Because there's the opportunity there. Um, so that, you know, it's, it, is, it is tricky for clubs. Now, I was, I was speaking to Jake Sharp this week um, at Saints. He's a Saints... Um, the Saints coaches and he was this is not official Saints stuff but thinking outside the box so how can that relationship with Bedford you know so so say Mark Atkinson did it years ago so he signed at Bedford but trained with Saris so is that a route now for 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 champ boys to go and train with their with the Prem clubs Prem clubs have a proper look at them then actually this guy's all right and then they can bring them into the Prem but the but the championship club then benefits from it. So it's, you know, they're all trying to think outside the box because, because the money's so tight and it's, it's, it's nice to hear guys that are in the Prem thinking that way as well. And I think, I think players within the champ need to still realise that there's still huge opportunity. All those names you reeled off then to go into the, go into the Prem is still there. You know what I mean? Like the level of rugby is still great. The finances aren't as good, but there's still an opportunity then to go and make a career at, at Prem level if you're, if you get your on-the-field performances right, don't they? And what I would say is that having said everything, um, you know, it sounds a bit tricky and everything else, but I, I've been pleasantly surprised with the amount of recruitment and retention that I've been seeing going on across Twitter, uh, you know, from the champ handles. Unsurprisingly, some more ambitious signings this year. I think Doncaster have confirmed 
their retained list, and I think it's sort of there's maybe 22 players that they've retained out of the squad from last year. Uh, and I know a lot of other teams have. So there is there is going to be a lot of dropout, but there the kind of always is, isn't there? I think you know I've I've been in parts of Doncaster Knights sides when you know double figure player turnover ha- has occurred for for a variety of reasons, and there's been players that have been out of work. Um, but no, encouraging to see that there's been quite a lot of movement coming in as well. A lot of lads getting signed out of like the books and the university, which, you know, is, again, that's a, a, another means that we might see more and more if, if, you know, if it's not a case of signing players out of professional rugby, lads coming out of university, went to have a crack at out full time that maybe haven't gone straight into a, you know, a, a traditional premiership route. Yeah. And the, the guys that are academic, that one of us, you know, they go to these unis and they play a good level of rugby. If they're already thinking about their futures, aren't they? Because they're like, shit, you know, it's like, like I think Cov, Cov have 100% dipped into that market, into the books market. It's like, right, give these guys, you know, you're straight out of uni. You've, you've not earned any money for a little while. You know, if you can hook up some accommodation and some, you know, a, a small retainer, I mean, you, you jump at it. I jumped at it. It's it, And it's an opportunity to play in the level, level two. And it's, it's over to you then, isn't it? So, and that books league is a strength of the English game now. Uh, the championship still is. And, it, you know, that that, path, that pathway looks good. It's just not funded right. <laughs> it's very hard, isn't it? And it's a shift. And, I mean, we do it on this podcast and, you know, our followers do it on Twitter and, the, the, you know, the draw comparisons of France and the French League, the second French League is becoming more and more professional year by year, seemingly. And we're talking about, you know, lads coming out of university on, on, on retainers. And it's... It, we're putting it as a positive and it is it is a positive because you know it's, it's still an opportunity for these lads I think Jim referenced it on the last podcast the next you know Alex Dombrandt or whatever and I know he played at he was at Cardiff Met but it's good that there's still the facility there and it's still the champ I guess maybe it's just a shame and hard for the lads in the league that it's it's not as viable long-term career pathway as it maybe once was yeah it never is mate it could end couldn't it yeah of course that's the counter argument to that so get in it, enjoy it. The, the French, the French comparison. I was, I was guilty of doing that for a little while. It's, it's a different. It's literally a different world. What's going on over there? That their level two is better, better funded than Premiership. So, you know, how, how's the champ going to compete with that? What'd be interesting to see if we, some, some Anglo-French games and just to see how it actually went. But yeah, I think that comparison, just the. Just how the game structured over there, the, the towns it's in. There's a love for more love for the game. It, it outweighs football in many in many of the, the areas in France. So it's it's got more appeal to everyone, like the, the towns, investors, commercially. It's 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 a it's a bigger animal, isn't it, than Championship rugby and even Premiership rugby over here? I'd argue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you're probably right. And I mean, look, it'll be interesting to see, won't it? I mean, I don't know how many. Six Nations and Grand Slams, the England team won over the last 10 years. But I would say probably, I'm, I'm going to shoot myself here, as many as any other. Is it just the two in the last 10 years? But what I was going to caveat that with, it'll be interested to see where the game goes in the next 10 years. Obviously, the funding situation at the moment, it'll be just interesting to see the effect that that has on the national side in 10 years. And if we are in a better place in terms of the international scene, because ultimately that is what the club game has to facilitate a better national side and the, and the team winning more World Cups. I'd be interested to see if in, you know, 2032, the national game is stronger than it is in 2022. But talking of the national game and talking about England rugby, 
Um, the rest of this podcast is going to be a, a chat between yourself and a former England international, Leon Lloyd. Um, Gully, give us a little bit of a teaser about what's to come after this short break. Uh, you put me on the spot, I've forgotten. Um, no, it's 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 about um, sort of transition, sort of, you know, guys guys that are out of contract. Leon's, Leon works for, he's got his own company called Centrum Solutions and it's, it's a really interesting chat because it's it's stuff that I wasn't aware of. It's it's a real passion of mine um, that that player welfare and clubs not necessarily have the resources to help guys do this all the time and players move into roles that suit them but also suit the employers. I think for the guys that hopefully tune in, there's reach out to him. Um, I reached out to him. He helped me out with a few things. Um, and it's no harm dropping an email or a text to Leon, and you know the guys there will will hopefully help out. And if one player that listens to this manages to land a role and a career from it, then it's you know we've we've kind of done our job as a podcast as well. I think, and also like I said, it's something I'm passionate about. So hopefully people enjoy it and get something out of it. I'd like to welcome Leon Lloyd to the podcast today. Uh, Leon is of Centrum Solutions, former Gloucester, Leicester, and England player and fellow Kovskin, we've got another one. Carl Sinclair tweeted last week there was 100 players without work or released from contracts in the Premiership. Now we're here to talk about Championship and how potentially Leon's company, Centrum, can help players further their careers outside of the game. And this is the thing, Leon, it's um, th- these lads that are, are in these Championship contracts or, or clubs, I mean, we, we did a podcast the other week and we looked a little bit more into the finances and Players, good players in this league will be earning maximum 25k now. So you're looking at guys that are on full-time deals that are between anything from 10 to 20 grand, and that's a full-time contract. And then there's the hybrid clubs that have uh, employment alongside um, their playing contract, and it's it's a very much a semi-professional model at a lot of the clubs now. So it's 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 a it's a league that is sort of we we talk about here trying to talk positively about it, but it's it's, it's the finances are really, really, really sort of low, and you know it's a bit of a worry for for clubs because they're not getting the funding for the, for the players, obviously. And this one's a little bit more around what the, what we can potentially help with players that are you may be buddy up with with their playing contract, but also the guys that are, are now without that extra income from their rugby career. Yeah, it's scary because you talk about like you said twenty five grand salary. You know, that's not a huge amount. Right? You've got, if you've got family, you've got bills, you've got everything else you want to do as well. And we also know the commitments that are required to play rugby, regardless of whether you feel you're on your way up and hopefully you're going to get that shot in the, the Prem or whether you're on your way down uh, and you sort of slowly come out of the game. Already that you, that's your level in the champ, right? Playing that level, you haven't got much time to do other stuff outside if you expect to do full-time, you know, full-time training. Well, what we've done a lot, of, um, where, what we, where we support players and athletes I call them athletes. Are rugby players allowed to be called athletes? I think they are. We support we support players uh, in in that exact situation that you're talking about. You know, the guys that have um, are, are trying to make ends meet. They're playing rugby. They look. They need a career alongside. Need a job alongside it as well. What we try and do is help those guys get careers with uh, sympathetic uh, employers who will allow them to you know live the dream. Right, regardless of what level you play, playing rugby and getting paid for it is awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Um, so if we can help guys find opportunities, which allows them to do that for as long as possible, and when that news comes, because the news is definitely going to come at one one day, you know, it's happened to the pair of us, uh, you, know, you, you can't play anymore, you've got to hang your boots up. 
uh, that decision is always going to be tough. But if we can help them be in a better place when that decision comes, you know, because a lot of the time it's not normally your decision as a player. It's normally given to you by coach, DOR, the physio, you know, the doctor, somebody normally tells you that horrendous news. But the more you can do to help you when that happens, you know, the better you'll be. And it's, I suppose it removes anxiety around when, when you're playing. Certainly for me, I think about my play, my career. I finished up at Gloucester. And I think for most of that season, I had some, you know, a dodgy knee and a dodgy shoulder. I kept thinking, is this the game that's going to end my career? Is this going to be my last game? You don't want to be going into any rugby match thinking, is this my last game? That's a terrible, you know, state to go into a game. And, and also thinking, what am I going to do next? But if you've got something in place and you're working with somebody, an employer or an organisation that can help that, that remove, I think it will remove some of that anxiety and allow you just to go and be the best player you can be. The big buzzword in rugby at the minute is transition, right? So there's, there's a difference between being employed as a rugby player and then transitioning into a role or actually needing employment, isn't there? So is that, so it's sort of like that career earlier on in a rugby career um, against transitioning with a sort of a, a more steady approach to where you go. Is that sort of what you guys are, are doing? Yeah. So, um, so at Centrum, so Centrum Solutions is, uh, is our company and we are specialists in elite career transition. Um, so we're different to your typical recruitment company, although there is a, you know, there is a recruitment element to it because we, we, we match athletes with employers. Uh, and I, I suppose what we do is we categorize people in four areas when they come through to us. We get people recommended to us. They get signposted from national governing bodies or player associations or agents. Clubs may send people to us, but we also reach out to people as well when we, when we see if we can identify them, um, which is a bit harder because people tend to not put their, be- their head above the parapet and say, do you know what? I might need some support. Or I might need a job. So it's harder to find those, those guys and, and girls as well in the, you know, in the women's game. So the four areas that we categorize people in are uh, at the start of their transition, they're transitioning, they're job ready or they're placeable. Now, they may all sound similar, but if you start your transition, you've got to go through a little bit of mourning, depending on where you, how, how long you've been in the sport and how much you're identified as being a rugby player. You may not have done, given any thought about getting a, a, you know, a, a proper job. Um, so that takes a bit of time to get your head around. What does it mean? What's my purpose? You know, what, can I ha- what, what skill set do I have? What value can I add to an organisation? So then you move into the transitioning where we help people identify you know, what are they passionate around. Um, we, we use our Ikigai model, which is a Japanese concept for reason for being, your fulfillment. And I, I feel very lucky that when I played rugby, it wasn't a job. I got paid to do something I loved doing with a bunch of great lads, you know, and I hung, hung on to that for as long as I possibly could until my body broke down and was allowed to do it. So it never felt like a job. Um, so what Ikigai means is there are four areas of that, which is what do you love doing? What are you good at? What can you get paid for? And what does the world need? And when you choose those, if you can align the thing you're doing um, with that and you find yourself in the middle, then you, it doesn't feel like work. So we try and help people understand what their purpose is, what their passion is. So it's not just a job, it's actually a career. So you may start at this level, but through hard work, qualifications, uh, and you know, getting, building up your skill set, your capabilities, you can move up to here. But understanding what that pathway is, that's really important to, certainly with athletes who have got that, that mindset. And the, the other three, so the other two in that area were um, job ready and uh, placeable. So job ready means someone who's all of a sudden, those guys you just mentioned, they've no longer got a contract. That means they need a job. So they're ready for a job. But it doesn't mean to say they're placeable because they don't know what job they want to go into. 
you know, I need a job is very different to, do you know what, I've thought about it. Here's my CV. Um, this is the direction I want to go and here's my qualifications. I think I want to work down this area. That's someone who's very placeable. Um, so we try and ha help people move from different stages. So go through that whole process. They may not know, you know, a lot of people, a lot of players don't know what they want to do because they've been so focused on, you know, Saturday to Saturday and, you know, winning and being the best they can be, which is absolutely fine. We try and work with guys a little bit earlier in their career whilst they're still um, playing so that those decisions can be made when you're not under pressure. You know, because, you know, you've, all of a sudden your contract's gone, oh my God, I haven't got time to think about, you know, I'd really love to develop in this area. Well, I haven't got time now to do a qualification because I need to pay the bills. So the, the earlier we work with people, we can actually help them understand what a path might look like for them. Is, is it a model, and I'll play a bit of devil's advocate here, because I, 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 if I'm a championship player listening to this, is it something that is accessible to championship players? Because, yes, it's, it's the elite athlete programme, but they're not getting elite money or they're not sort of, you know, so a lot of it's sort of semi-professional now and professional. Is that, is that still something that's accessible to championship players? Absolutely. Our, de our design is a good question because our design, our model is based around championship level players. Because if you think about the, the premiership players, yes, we're, we're there for, to help anybody. We work across all athletes. So Olympic, Paralympic, cricket, football, rugby, tennis, all golf, we work across all athletes. And the elite part is around, you know, the mindset. And in, in my opinion, as I said, I've not played in the championship, but I've certainly played a lot of players who have come through the champ. The difference between, you know, a good championship player and a premiership player might be something as small as half a second slower, half an inch shorter, or, or you're just behind someone who's just amazing. You know, imagine being behind somebody who's been behind, you know, one of the best players in the world at a club and you know, you're not getting any game time. So you go out on loan and all of a sudden you find yourself in the champ. Now, the person's mindset, determination, all the transferable skills which employees look for, uh, you know, the determination, the communication, the leadership, the resilience, all those things, you don't lose those. You still got those, those traits, those soft skills. You're just playing in a different, in a different league. Um, so, so for us, the, the premiership players, the, the salaries now are very different to when I played. Uh, those guys, I wouldn't say they're fine because they're definitely not fine. They're gonna, they will also have a shock as well. But they have the luxury of having financed, which buys them time and the support of the RPA um, and other people, their clubs that will help them have that that slower parachute. But at some point, they will hit a, a bit of a wall. Uh, but the champ guys uh, don't have that, right? They, they just don't have that. So for us, we targeted the champ nat one not two guys because we knew that they would be there's a bigger need and there's no funding uh, to support this area and, and our services are free costs so there's no cost for them so we're helping them uh, to find jobs with employers who are already we've already targeted them and they want to work with our our talent pool if you like so there's no cost i think that we need to reiterate that there's no cost to to what you guys absolutely absolutely no cost at all so we so my business partner is mitch reed who played at the Tigers, we met at the Tigers, played in the youth team together, played centre in the together. That's where the name Centrum Solutions come from. We played in the centre together as, uh, as a couple of centres. Uh, he ended up going on, he played for the first team, but he broke his leg, um, didn't recover. Then he sort of, his career sort of went slowly down a little way, dropped down to the champ uh, and then played, I think he ended up playing at my old club, Barker Butts as well. But then he went down a career in recruitment and executive search headhunting for 20 plus years, where I was a little bit more fortunate. I went on and kicked the ball around for a little bit longer um, and played for another, you know, 10, 15 years. And my focus is on transition, right? So I worked, as you know, Ben, when I came and did some work with you when you were um, at Cov, uh, I used to run a charity uh, called Switch to Play and our focus was around transition. How do we help people to become more employable, 
which is very different to what Mitch did in the recruitment world of actually finding jobs. So we would help athletes and players become more employable, help them understand their transferable skills, their personal branding, emotional resilience, all those types of things. But what we didn't do is we didn't find them a job. So what Centrum does, uh, and it's sort of when I when I sort of step down from from running switch to play, we actually do the last part of that. So we actually help match the players with organisations who are looking to recruit from them, uh, as well as help them with their transition. And so Mitch's experience and my sort of fifteen year experience since I've been retired um, comes together for that. So there's, there's zero cost. We help them throughout that process. And do you have to? go on the switch to play program to access you guys or is it just you can go straight to centrum straight to us switch to play you know a valued partner of ours we've got a number of valued partners who help in education helping um, uh, placements uh, work experience and switch to play absolutely a valued partner of ours depending on where those individuals come in you know i said about those four stages of being start a transition transitioning uh, job ready or placeable wherever they are we will identify with them where they feel they are if they're at the start of their transition, yes, we will circle them back round to someone like a switch to play who can help them uh, upskill themselves in certain areas. But there may not be a need for them to do that. They may be further, you know, further up the curve. And in which case, then we can put them straight into a different uh, category. But again, we're there to serve. Everyone's different, uh, different ages and stages. Your career ends differently for everybody. Um, so, you know, there's no one size fits all. So depending on where they are, we'll determine with them where they feel they are and we'll help them accordingly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, mate, because in looking at sort of the support, so I, I spent a year at Worcester um, in the Prem and then I had three months at Leicester on loan and I had access to the RPA at that point. And this is probably 2010, 2011. So I, I can see the benefits of, of a players of a players association. And I've always wanted to champion sort of the similar similar for for the championship. And I was I was through my emails that I sent I sent the RPA an email in, um, and it's like one of the one of the paragraphs says, see, I'm at a slight crossroads in my life, which comes with all rugby players. Mine revolves around injury, wanted to finish my playing career on my terms, and the worry of whether or not my body will allow me to be what would allow me one more contract now i wrote that in 2013 um and it's taken me what we are now it's nine years later in 2022 and to be honest i i don't think i've still got the role that i want so yeah well to be able to no i look so if, if my work's listening to so i love my role but it's like you know it's it's not it doesn't tick all the boxes it doesn't quite have the work-life balance that that I, I would like because I'm working a Saturday and you know on a quite like a weekend I like those sort of things uh but the money's good so that's that's great and it's a great place to work but if I'd have had access as a player to something that what you guys are doing then potentially you know you, you don't go through your four or five roles before you find the role that suits you your skill set but also your lifestyle you know your your geographical location and things like that so it's I think this is a real opportunity for the guys that are in the championship that are listening or in that one or whoever listens to this podcast to reach out and go just pick up the phone or you know drop you an email and drop onto your website and and, and see if they can find their route because like you said it's all it's all different I mean some people have it all planned out it goes perfectly and after a year they hate the job they go into others retire um because their, their body's given up and they, they, like you said they, they're not they're job ready but they don't know what job they want to go into do they so 
Um, I think I think you made, you made a really good point there around your email in 2013. How many of the guys that you just read out at the beginning of this this conversation will be in the exact same position, thinking, "Oh my God, I'm, I'm at a crossroads now. What do I do?" And it's hard, right? It's hard to that they may or may not have felt like rugby was a job for them, um, but it's hard to replicate that that feeling. In fact, I I think, and I've been retired 14 years now. I think it's impossible to replicate that feeling of running out in the tunnel with the lads on a Saturday. You know, the game, I don't miss the game. I don't miss playing rugby at all. My body's pretty battered, like most people listen to this, I'm sure. So I don't miss that. I do miss the, the few minutes before you run out onto the pitch. You look around the change room in the hood or you're thinking, right, lads, this is it. And at the end of the game, when the final whistle's gone, you know, thankfully, you know, the teams I played at, we won a little bit, a few more than we lost. Uh, so that feeling was normally quite a high feeling. You look around, everyone's battered and bruised and, you're thinking, well, that was awesome. Same again next week. Now it's hard to find that in a job, right? You know, you move from that world into the into the you know the real world. It's hard to replicate that. And I never thought I thought I was destined to, you know, to never have that same feeling again. And it took me a long time to realise what my purpose. That sounds a bit deep, and I don't I don't mean it to sound deep, but I don't think my purpose was to play rugby. But I found something that I was half decent at, I enjoyed doing, and, and it was great fun. Yeah. Um, so I never call it a job. So to find something I'm doing now is what I'm doing now. I think this might be my purpose because I love doing it. I love helping players, athletes from all different sports um, find what their purpose is because I've been through it and, and my transition was tough. You know, like you said yours was and you're still in that moment now. People are all, we're always transitioning, all of us, you know, regardless of where you are, you know, whether you transition, you always change jobs and we're in a, a world now where you don't have one job for life. So we're always transitioning. So if I can help anybody with that just to put things make things a little bit more clear as so you can see the wood for the trees and maybe stop spinning so many plates because that's what i did i span loads of plates uh try not to let any of them drop and then all of a sudden they all dropped because you can't do 10 things well and, and I, if i had someone on my shoulder to help point me in that direction i think I'd have, my transition would have been a bit smoother it, it would have still been tough but it would have been a bit smoother but we don't mind tough right we're rugby players we don't mind tough we what we do what we like is working to a plan and understanding, do you know what? I'm going to go through the hard pre-season. This is going to, this is going to be tough. This period is going to be tough, like pre-season. But if I put the hard yards in, I know that I'm going to come out good at the end. I'm going to be better prepared at the end. That's what we want. Right? That's what we try and help people do. Yeah. And, and just during that process, so just will, will Centrum, so say you, you place a player or a person placed in a role, is it? Because obviously you say that transition period at the start is difficult. Do you guys then you still support during that process until the, the guys are you've done their preseason in inverted commas and then sort of into their role? Are you always there for, for that player or that, that? Absolutely, yeah. So that, that's why we're different. That's why I, I'm really I'm really clear around how we are differentiators from your normal tra uh, your normal recruitment company. So we handhold. Now, a player may not like the word handhold, and they may, we don't make it feel like we're handholding. But what we are, we help. We help them in their transition, onboarding into their new role. But that's just not from the player's perspective. That's also from the employer's perspective. So we work with the employer to understand, you know what? This person was really good in a previous world, in a previous uh, career. The reasons why they were good is because of X, Y, and Z. So to get the most out of this person, don't do A, B, and C, do X, Y, and Z, because this is going to get them motivated. This is going to get them going. They're, they, they're coachable. They want to learn. They want to progress. So let us help you onboard them correctly and sometimes when someone goes into a job they leave they hit their six week mitch calls it a six week uh six week wall because you know you walk in everything's great and rosy and you're meeting new people and you're doing new things and all of a sudden you get tasked with something which takes you out of your comfort zone 
And it might be something as small as just the language that's used or the systems or processes which you're not used to and you feel like you're not very competent, you don't want to tell somebody you, you don't want to do it. So the easiest thing to do is, you know, I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. Whereas we help with that process of, look, what are the, what are the sticky points? How can we help? Work with the employer. And there are a number of time, number of examples we can give where those conversations where we've been the middle person has meant that that person stays on and thrives and then goes on and continues as opposed to leaves and goes somewhere else and then they start job hopping um, because they you know they, they keep hitting that six week wall interesting isn't it it's like i think i think handheld is is probably the right phrase actually mate because we will <laughs> because it, you do need it it's you know it's sort of you know, I'd have definitely helped, uh, benefited from that in some of the roles I was in. Um, so, if if a player is, is, is listening to this now, so how how do they how will they to get in contact with you, Leon? Is it sort of is it just hit, hit the website or you know what's the best process for a person that's listening to this now is going shit? That's me. I'm listening. I I, I need some help. Who can I? How do I reach out? Yeah. So uh, so we split we split ourselves into two areas. So uh, Mitch, uh, you know, as an ex player is been there done it he's played at the you know the, the top level at the Premier, then moved down to the champ then the, the national leagues so he's he works on our candidate side so he's the person where people reach out to and speak to him uh, he's been through that process he's got lived examples and he's also got an awareness of the types of jobs and vacancies that we have as well so you can reach out to us on our website which is www.centrumsolutions.co.uk uh, we put some informative things out on instagram but again that's more just informative just to let people know that we know what we're talking about uh, on our, on our, our handle is Central Solutions. Uh, and then Mitch's email and my email is just Mitch, and I'm obviously Leon, uh, at centrumsolutions.co.uk. So any player that wants to have a chat and just have a conversation about where they are, what they're worried about, what they may need some support with, definitely drop Mitch uh, a line as a first point of contact. But equally, you know, we're easy to contact and accessible to help anybody we can. Yeah, and I, you know, anyone that is listening to it, I've, I've done it personally, and it's, you know, it's, it definitely helps it's helped me um when i spoke when i spoke to you and you know just focusing on sort of where where i could go using using your systems and yeah guys if, if you are listening yeah please please reach out because it is it is a tricky time for for a lot of players and and even if you're in a contract and you feel comfortable and you've got a two or three year contract now's the time to sort of start reaching out and it's a free service right so it's sort of you know, I'm not sending an email in 2013 and not get anything back. You're sending an email and you're going to receive receive some support, which is, I think is a great opportunity for the guys in the league. Yeah, the, the, sooner, the sooner you reach out, the better. As you said, then really good point. You may have a contract, you may have just signed a deal, you may think you've got you know time left to go, which is great. We're all, we're all only ever one tackle away from it being the end of your career, right? So I had a, I had a two year deal at Gloucester. Unfortunately, they probably didn't get good value for many. I only played one year. And I say one year, I played eight games. So, so my 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 final whistle, if you like, was was happened way before I wanted it to happen. So the sooner you get in contact with somebody, us, anybody who can help you, the better, because it's it doesn't mean that you're not thinking about your career. That's the that's the biggest, I suppose, the key takeaway from this is, don't see talking to Centrum Solutions as your Plan B. We're an extension of your Plan A. So talk to us because it means we might we might be able to ease your concerns around what you're doing outside or after sport after your rugby it means you can then focus on your rugby and get those extra years out of your game and the best you can and then when that time comes you're perfectly placed or certainly better placed to make the right decisions on your terms leon it's been mate it's been great having you on it's been a little short punchy episode but it's i think it's a, a really powerful one um really appreciate your time mate and hopefully people that are listening do reach out and we can help support 
support all those guys in their transition in their or their addition to their, their current contracts. Really appreciate your time, mate. Cheers, Ben. Thanks very much. Keep shining a light on the champ stuff. It's awesome. That was the Championship Clubs podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 